from the earliest age when I could string a few words together. My mom taught me a prayer. I was just old enough to say, Jesus, Mary, Joseph. And it taught me that um, outside of just the family that I can see, there's, there's another big piece of our family. Every morning, every night, anytime I was sad or scared or celebrating, I would have a prayer for it. They weren't personal though. It actually wasn't until I was connecting with small groups that I got better at making prayer more personal. That was the turning point. And I don't know that I would have looked to do that on my own, but I was invited. Right outside of the very first service that we went to, I took the leap and, and signed up and, and joined immediately. I was nervous to go into the small group not knowing anybody. They wanted to get to know me right away and were thinking about the same things that I was thinking about, wondering about the th same things, um, and going through a lot of the same things that I was going through, especially as you know, a mom or um, as uh, a working female. I could find lots of different ways to relate to people, and we all are sort of going through that same walk together, not just in person, but knowing that you have um, a, a community that's praying for your family and, and having people that I feel the same way about. You know, I pray for them and pray for their kids. And having the connection from the small group has given me the confidence to be more involved with the church, you know, volunteer. I don't think that that my story is unique or rare. There's a lot of people out there who may feel like um, they're not ready to take the first step into joining a community or a small group or getting involved. What I would say is just just try it, just do it. They all know how you're feeling. That's That's been my experience is they all know how you're feeling. They all know what it's like that very first day to, to take that first step and they're ready to meet you halfway. When people are that welcoming, you are able to just experience God's love in a different way. You know, I, I, did, I did get that good routine uh, through my childhood of prayer, but now that it's grown into having that community around me and showing me different ways to pray, it's also helped me um, bring that into my own kids' lives, you know, and teach them how to have God in their day. And it's given me a bigger picture of how to mentor my kids. My husband and I can't be the only ones there that can lead my kids that way. And there is just nothing like having your kid walk into church and be hugged and greeted by people that honestly love your kids. That's, that's family. Well, I want to welcome those uh, who are here at our 930 Cornerstone service, those who are watching online, as well as those uh, attending the Well and the Well Cafe this morning. I'm thrilled to share uh, with all of you. If you have your Bible today, I want to encourage you to open that to Ephesians chapter 3. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, uh, the blue Bibles that we have available in all of our worship spaces, you find Ephesians 3 on page 1817 in, in that Bible that we have provided for you. Uh, this is the final message in this series, Talking with God. This is the sixth message. Uh, and all that's to say, if you've missed anything so far, if you've missed one uh, of those messages, there's too much to review uh, for me to go through that. But you can find any of those online. Would love for you uh, to do that. Uh, this has also been for us a super series. And what that means, if you're not familiar with that term, is uh, in series like this, we also produce uh, video curriculum for our groups and classes to, to study together, a supplement to our weekend messages. Uh, we put together 
together stories like Chris's story that you just heard. Uh, we also put together teaching for those, uh, uh, for those groups and classes. And we have a great team that works on that. They invest a lot of time and energy in that. We appreciate uh, the work that they do. And one of the things that they love to do is to put together for you some of those moments that didn't make the cut. Uh, some of those moments that were maybe less than perfect uh, to share with you uh, because you may enjoy seeing them. For many, this may be the icing on the cake uh, for Super Series, uh, as long as you're not someone who is in the video. So I thought you would enjoy seeing uh, the Talking with God blooper video. Here it is. It's about 2.30, and this is the first take. Did you hear that, Tom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going for the Beyonce look. <laughs> well, you're going to have to erase this. That's fine. Uh, my mind drifted a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> All right. Of course. This is me sweating, and we're two minutes into this. Listening. Speaking. All right, can you say this is a group from here? Can you see the sweat just coming off my head? Just a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll you need a towel. Yes, I'm going to need a towel. This is ridiculous. Go ahead and wipe your head. Was the life of others in your group by participating in this study? There's <laughs> the hours from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. to hear our prayers. Okay, here's take two for uh, But for some, you may feel like the most basic question. <laughs> okay, now we start all over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, now he's going in the backyard. Maybe he'll maybe he'll do a big big circle around. Oh, now he can't get the gate open. Uh-oh. For how you could improve in this area. Here's the only warning. <laughs> I don't really know how to say no. that eloquently, but, <laughs> but can, you, can yeah. Just... Oh wait. Oh no. Oh, what? No, turn all the way. Oh, what is what is he? He's Oh, he's going back. Oh, he's done that section already. He just he just went around. He did he did a 360. I want to share this story with you though. Please oh, do. No. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Uh. Or email me directly at Ann Ajivum. I don't know what we're doing. So David, how does it feel to have finished up this really important study? Well, it feels a little awkward. Uh, because you're taller than me. For what? <laughs> Was that in the shot? Okay. <laughs> Am I done? <laughs> so uh, that, that gives you a sense of how well they work. That. Uh, now, you know, none of that was digitally enhanced. That actually happened. There was a thunderstorm in the middle of the filming uh, when we were talking about prayer. And the thunder was just great, wasn't it? I mean, that was, that was awesome. Um, uh, but we appreciate so much their work, and I know you know you enjoy seeing those, uh, uh, those images. Uh, we started with this, uh, with this goal. Uh, we said that today, what we wanted is for the people who've been a part of this series, for every person who's been connected, that you would find yourself today feeling more confident and more capable talking with God. 
And I don't know whether that has happened for you in your life, but I want you to know that's, that's been our prayer for you. That's the prayer that we've been praying back in June when we started working on this series, that you would find yourself today in that place because I know God desires to have that kind of relationship with you. God wants to talk to you. God wants to share life with you. Uh, God wants you to know that, that you don't have to do life alone. God wants to walk with you in, in those moments of great need that you have in your life. God, God wants to hear the joy of your heart in those moments of, of great celebration. That's the life that God wants for you. And that's what our life is about. Our life as a church is about helping people step into that life and take next steps into that life, experiencing the fullness of life that is in Jesus. That's why we do everything that we do, and that's why we've spent six weeks talking about this really vital practice that for many is a bit mysterious and, and there are some misunderstandings uh, of it. Uh, today I simply want to add to you a final word uh, to this series and I want to begin by going back to what I shared with you in, in the second week of this series. We talked about prayer as God's way of building a relationship with you and, and really throughout this series we focused on this word relationship. I've wanted to, to anchor for you your understanding of prayer in the context of relationship in part because I think it helps us understand part of the mystery of it. There is no one-way, cookie-cutter way to do relationships. And there's no one-way, cookie-cutter way to do prayer. Again, that's part of the mystery, that's part of the dynamic of it, is that it's a relationship, and all relationships are dynamic. They're different from, from one another. What I want to do today, though, is I want to broaden that back out a little bit, and, and I want to talk about uh, this idea, which is going to sound like the exact same thing, but I, I promise you it's a little bit different. I want to talk about the idea that prayer is God's way of building relationship. One of the most fascinating characters in the New Testament, in my opinion, is uh, the character of Saul, who we meet in Acts chapter 7. Uh, during the history of the early church, uh, uh, Saul enters the scene after the stoning of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, the first person to die on behalf of this, this new faith. And what Acts 7 tells us in the final verse is that Saul was present at the stoning of Stephen and he affirmed his killing. In the next chapter, we, we find out that Saul is actually one of the leaders of this movement that is focused on stopping the work of the disciples, putting down the church and, and ending what Jesus had started. And while uh, engaged in that work, Saul takes a journey to Damascus. Uh, he has a moment where he sees a vision. He hears the voice of Jesus crying out to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul is temporarily blinded. He's, he's led by the hand into Damascus, meeting a man named Ananias who, who, who shepherds him into faith. He's eventually baptized. And Saul's life radically changed. A complete reorientation of his life and his priorities where he was once headed in this direction, he now heads in a very different direction. He gets a new name to signify that change, the, the name of Paul. He goes from being someone who killed Christians to someone who became one of the most prolific writers uh, and, and uh, an evangelist for the gospel all throughout the Roman world. 
And none of that happened in Paul's life without prayer. We know that because it doesn't happen in any of our lives without prayer. But we also know that because of the way that Paul articulates in his writing his own prayers that he prayed on behalf of others, the different communities that he served. And so what I'm going to read to you today from Ephesians chapter 3 is exactly that. It's one of those examples where Paul is sharing with the people that he is serving exactly what he has been praying will happen in their life. So listen now to Ephesians 3 beginning in verse 14. Listen to this prayer that Paul shares with them. For this reason I kneel before the Father... From whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, here's what I want you to understand about these words uh, that Paul shares here. These are words that, that Paul is communicating publicly that for a long time he had been praying privately. This is the prayer that Paul had been praying for the men and women at Ephesus. But it's the same prayer that he'd been praying for the men and women he served in Philippi and Thessalonica and Athens and Jerusalem and Damascus and all throughout the Roman world, all the different places that he traveled, all the individuals that he had a chance to come in contact with, to share the gospel with, who were part of these different communities of faith. This is the prayer that Paul was praying for them consistently and fervently. For all of them. And this prayer that Paul had prayed for change to come into the lives of others, this prayer also changed Paul. As he prayed for them, uh, for all those different individuals, again, all throughout the Roman world, it, it, it deepened his love for them. It increased his passion for the work that he was doing. It, it, it fueled him in, in, in incredible ways. Uh, Paul found himself doing things that maybe he never thought was possible because of the prayers that he prayed and the way in which that prayer that he prayed changed his own heart, changed his own life, and increased his passion for the work that he was doing. He was praying for God to change others, and in the process, God changed, changed Paul. Because that's how it works. Some of you, uh, at some point in your life, you may have received some advice about prayer. Perhaps you were walking through a season of life where a relationship that had been a significant relationship for you had experienced some sort of fracture. Things weren't like they used to be. Something happened and you found yourself frustrated and confused. You didn't know what to do about that. Or maybe you were in a season of your life where you were dealing with some anger and some hurt that, that, that was caused by someone else's actions. Someone who you saw as an adversary. Maybe you would even use the word enemy. But you found yourself in a place where you, I, I, gotta, I gotta do something about this. You didn't know what to do. You didn't know where to turn in. So, you, so you, maybe you asked a friend, what should I do about this? How do I deal with this stuff that's been churned up in my life? And maybe that friend said to you, well, have you thought about praying for them? 
And maybe because you were just so desperate and you couldn't think of anything else, you thought, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. (laughs) You didn't even really want to do it because you thought that doesn't sound like fun, but you just gave it a shot. And in the process, you found out that actually works. And you may not have even been happy about the fact that it worked. (laughs) You didn't want to let go of the anger. You didn't want to let go of the hurt. And yet in the process of praying, for that person who may have caused you harm or that person from whom you'd grown distant, God actually did something in your heart and your life that you did not expect. You found yourself experiencing a healing that you didn't quite uh, expect to happen in your life. And and here's what I want to do today. I want to show you why that happened. I want to visually express to you why that happens in our life when when we go through that process, when we pray in that particular way about those kinds of needs and those kinds of concerns. So I'm gonna gonna visually show you this here. If you're in the chapel this morning, if you're in in the Well Cafe, our host pastors are gonna do this uh, in in your venues as well so you can kind of see this. So uh, here's why. Prayer is engagement with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that confuses some of you already because you're like, Holy Spirit, I don't quite understand that. That's like the crazy uncle of the Trinity. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's just weird. I'm not sure. So, but let me, just, let me just describe this for you because this is going to help if you find yourself confused in the way you think about the Holy Spirit. Just, just watch this. I'm going to, to do this, this is what I have to do. I'm going to play the part of the Holy Spirit, which that may confuse you even more. But just set that aside for a moment. Watch what I do. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does in your life. This is what the Holy Spirit is always, always doing in your life. Okay? Here we go. Just just watch. All right, did you see that? Y'all can go be seated. Would you give them a hand? Would you give those a hand in those other worship venues? The Holy Spirit is a connector. That means that when you engage with the Holy Spirit, the goal that the Spirit has in your life is not simply a direct engagement with you, but rather to connect you with another. The Holy Spirit connects you to God, connects you to God the Father, 
to the heart of God. And the Holy Spirit connects you with one another. That's why at times in prayer, a need, a name, a situation, a circumstance will come into your mind, come into your heart that you may have known about before, but it may not have been on your, on your mind at that moment. That's why when you pray for someone, you begin to feel differently about that person or you begin to feel more intensely for that person. So you may be praying that God would help a particular person in your life who needs help. And because you pray that prayer, you find yourselves being moved to help in a way that maybe you hadn't thought to help before. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is a connector. And prayer, engagement with the Holy Spirit, prayer is how God builds relationship, a relationship between you and God, which is really what we've talked about for five weeks. We've talked about that direct relationship with God, but it is also how God builds all relationships. It's how God builds and develops Christian community. It's how God builds and grows the church. It's how God develops and nurtures significant relationships in your life. The relationships that you need, the relationships that I need, the relationships that when we are lacking in them, at best, we are simply going to tread water in the Christian faith. Without these kinds of relationships, we continue to be men and women who may have said yes to Jesus, but in reality, we still live a life that is defined by a sickness of soul and oftentimes an ongoing addiction to sin. When we don't have those kinds of significant relationships, when we are praying for one another and we are praying with one another, it isn't just your relationship directly with God, that personal relationship, though that's obviously very important. It's also about developing relationships with the community around you. Relationships that not only sustain you through those seasons of difficulty, but actually allow you to begin to thrive in the fullness that Christ longs to see realized in your life. And because of that, because of how important that is for you, for the person seated next to you, for the church as a whole, I'm going to ask you to do something today that maybe you've never done before. Uh, this is something that uh, eight or nine weeks ago, when I was mapping out this series, I thought, this is one I want to, I, I wonder if I will be brave enough or dumb enough to do this at the end. And I don't know which one it is, but we're going to do it, Okay. We're going to do it here in the sanctuary, in the chapel, upstairs in the, in, in the loft. I'm going to invite you to pray with one another, out loud with words, with one another, the people seated around you. So if you'll look on the back of your bulletin, which I don't have, but you've got it, hopefully. Uh, it, on the back of that bulletin, what you see, it, it's titled, A Prayer for One Another. 
And it's based off of Ephesians chapter 3, uh, the, the text that I just read to you. You see on the back that there are blanks uh, throughout that prayer. It's not a Mad Lib, okay? I'm not asking you to fill in a verb, a noun, and an adjective. I'm, I'm asking you, those blanks are for the names of the people seated around you. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to look around you uh, in, in pairs, threes or fours, whatever is most comfortable. I want you to simply introduce yourselves to the people around you if you don't know one another. Share with each other your name. If you'll go ahead and do that right now, just share your names with one another. You may need to turn around uh, to meet somebody new or move down the aisle a little bit. Make sure no one is left out. Make sure no one is left out. All right, happening here in the sanctuary, in the chapel. Say hello to those people sitting next to you, the loft. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a moment, and what I'm going to invite you to do is to simply uh, uh, pick the person you're going to start with, and you're going to pray for that person. You're going to insert their name into those blanks, and then when you're done, you're going to move to the next person in, uh, in your pair or, or whatever group that you have formed. And I just want you to, to take some time right now. We are going to pray for one another. Uh, so let's begin. Uh, pick the first person and begin praying for them. Continue praying till everyone has been prayed for.
Amen. Well, as out of control as things are here in the sanctuary, I know they're much more out of control in the chapel right now. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let me just express to you, if you're still praying, just keep praying. But let me just express to you why this is so important for you and why it's so important for me. I believe that the greatest threat to your faith is isolation. It's, it's living life alone. It, it, it's just working hard as you can every single day, not asking for help, not building relationships with one another, and just treading water in the faith. And, and any pastor who, who works with people on a regular basis will tell you that, that that is the greatest threat to people's lives. It's isolation. It's, it's living alone. And too many of us are living life alone. And we see people and we say hi and we ask them how, we're do, how they're doing, but we don't really expect for them to say anything but, great, doing wonderful, I'm fine. And isolation is an enemy of your soul. Prayer is what builds relationship, and these are the kinds of relationships that we all need, relationships that are formed when we pray for one another and pray with one another. And some of you know that because you have been longing for that. Some of you have been longing to, to pray with your spouse or to pray with your children or to pray with that close friend, to do more than just say, well, I'll, I'll pray about that but to really be invested in those kinds of relationships. And I want to challenge you to do that because those are the kinds of relationships that change your life and change others' lives. Those are the kinds of relationships that build the Christian community we all need, and those are kinds of relationships that, that build the church. When we pray for change to happen in the lives of others, it changes us as well. So I want you to pray. I want you to talk to God because it will deepen and nurture your life with God, your relationship with God, that personal sharing of life with your creator. But I also want you to pray for one another. And I want you to pray with one another because it'll change their life and it'll change yours as well. Let me pray for you. Loving God, today I give you thanks for awkward moments. Those times when the pastor asked us to do something we didn't expect. And we think, well, it's time to go to the bathroom. I'd like to get out of here. Maybe, Lord, for someone, you showed up in an unexpected way today. Maybe they received you as they heard the voice of another lifting up their name and lifting up their life. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to live more boldly as your followers. To be bold, Lord, in the way that we approach you and talk with you and lean into the love and grace that you have for us and the promises that you've given to us. But also, Lord, that we would do that with one another. 
truly loving one another, perhaps in a deeper way than we ever have before, in the way that we share life with them, and then the way, Lord, we commit to, to praying for and with those people in our life. And as we do that, Lord, we pray that you would bless your church, that you would strengthen your church, that we might become something we haven't been before because of our commitment to pray and to pray together. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.